the Mike Tomlin Game Day Podcast with Steelers Digest Editor Bob Labriola. Okay, Coach, in assessing the performance against the Jets, one of the points you made was that, quote, I think that, we've, that we're all motivated to continue to work to do some of the things that we need to do to change the outcome of these games. What are some of the things that need to be done? Singular focus. Um, detail and understanding that allows concepts to stand up in weighty moments. Um, playmaking. Um, you know, we, we're down to field one-on-one in a couple instances um, with, with, with some DBs, some safeties last week to some of our most dangerous guys. And, you know, we don't make the plays and the plays don't get made for a myriad of reasons. But from a big picture perspective, that's what we want. We want our playmakers down the grass in one-on-one circumstances. And we got to take those shots. And, and we'll continue to take those shots. But we got to make the plays. And so um, it's not just playmaking, it's detailed coaching, it's creating an atmosphere where we got an understanding where everyone is playing fast, and more importantly, we're playing collectively fast. We're making good decisions on our feet. There's fluidity to the collective. And so that's what I mean when I'm talking about it. We're, we're, we're not getting the plays that we desire to change the outcome of the game, but it doesn't mean we're not in the right neighborhood knocking on the right doors. We just got to continue to elevate um, in terms of execution and understanding, and, and, and thus the outcome of plays will change. Do you try and figure out why these things aren't uh, happening? Does that help if you figure out why they aren't happening in terms of turning it around? No, it's, it's not hard to figure out why they're not happening. It's about developing the cultural routines day-to-day where we have a high level of preparedness and we make routine plays routinely. Um, I think that's a signature of professionalism. Whether we're talking about football or anything else, you make the difficult look easy. You make routine plays routinely. It's not about the spectacular. It's about how elevated your floor is, how consistently you deliver performance. And as a collective, that's what we're. That's the balance we're trying to strike. During training camp, you talked about having an expectation for this defense to be dominant. In terms of meeting that expectation, is the ability to close out games with your defense at the top of the list? Certainly. It's at the top, if not the top. You, you, you want to put an exclamation point on your work. Your finish oftentimes define you, whatever it is you're talking about. And so those waning moments of the game are the weightiest moments of the game, and, and thus um, ultimately those are the ones that kind of define us the most. Is there something uh, extra or special that needs to happen or needs to be done in order to uh, function uh, in those weighty moments? Well, in the games are differently, uh, weight un- unfold differently each and every week. Uh, sometimes it's attrition oriented that that requires the adjustment. You lose guys in game. You're elevating backups. You have to adjust your schematics. They have to adjust uh, their communication and understanding. Sometimes it's what's going on in game uh, that requires adjustments. But the bottom down, the bottom line is at the end of games. Usually it's going to require some subtle adjustments, not only by us, but by everyone, those that we compete against. And ultimately how those games unfold depends on our ability to adjust appropriately and our guys' ability to execute those adjustments. You partially explained the decision to make the change to go with Kenny Pickett for the second half last Sunday as, quote, looking for a spark. How does Pickett specifically provide a spark? Points. Um, you know, um, the, the fluid movement of the ball, uh, the winning of possession downs, um, the, the putting the ball in the end zone. Um, I'm really specific when I'm talking about a spark. I'm talking about um, lighting up the scoreboard, uh, winning possession downs, maintaining possession of the ball. Um, those are the things that I think that happened 
um, when we went to them in, in the second half. Um, obviously not enough to win the game, and so there's more work there. We'll keep our head down and keep working. Um, but he provided the spark that, that, that we hoped that they would. What about um, his interactions with his teammates? I mean, at the game uh, last Sunday, it just seemed to me that there was, there was a jolt of energy, not only through the stands, but along the sideline as well. So what about him and his interactions with his teammates lends itself to that kind of reaction? You know, I don't know if that is anything special that he does. I just think it's innately him. Uh, it's the same thing that endeared him to his teammates uh, at Pitt. And the reaction of the crowd is probably an extension of the relationship that he had with his fan base at Pitt. Um, he is who he is. He's highly competitive. He's a sharp guy. Um, he's really genuine in terms of his desire to win and what he's willing to do in pursuit of it. And I think all of those things are attractive. Also, with respect to that decision that you made, you said Mitch's performance was a component of the decision, but not the only component of the decision. Uh, what specifically about his performance were you referring to? You know, just that, that, that ability to bring the best out in others and, and the things, the intangible things that that position is measured by. Um, we were lacking a little bit. Um, sometimes it's not about what he's not doing. Sometimes it's just simply about what Kenny might be capable of adding that we're not seeing. And so, um, you know, I was somewhat vague because it is somewhat vague. It's an intangible component to it. I was asked a week ago, um, when I'm there, will I know it? And I said that I would, and um, I was there and I knew it. Had you been getting closer to make a quarterback change as the first month of the season progressed, or did it all come about suddenly last week? I think it all came about suddenly, man. Um, again, I, I don't anticipate failure. Um, I don't, you know, I don't weigh the possibilities. Uh, I'm not wired like that. We make decisions. We get 100% behind decisions. I think that's the way that you make decisions or plans, uh, good ones, or you make them work. Um, but we got to a point um, at the halftime of that game last week where we realized that it was time to make a change, and so we made it. Um, but I don't know that there was a high level of anticipation of that discussion or the anticipation of being there. Um, business for us just doesn't run like that. Who's involved in the conversation? Not that you're asking for input, but you have to tell some people, right, beyond the beyond the players. I mean, I, 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 I welcome the responsibility of making those decisions, and I'm not putting them off on any other party. Certainly I had conversations and gained opinions, but some people provide opinions, other people make decisions, and I'm the guy that makes decisions. But who needs to know? Everyone. <laughs> I mean, um, in, ter in terms of when decisions are made, everyone. Like that. For example, that particular decision at that particular time, do you announce that to the I team and as a whole? I did. Oh, okay. Uh, you did it during tra the training camp preseason period, and then you did it again earlier this week, and that was to praise the professionalism of your three quarterbacks through this whole process of the competition and then into the season uh, where you've made a change at the starting spot. Uh, have you found that such a level of professionalism through all of this is something that's rare in the NFL? I don't know if it's rare. I hadn't been in a lot of these circumstances or, or circumstances like this Um but it doesn't mean I hadn't been around long enough to not appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate the quality men that they are, uh, the team first guys that they're displaying. Um, and I just think sometimes it makes difficult times and decisions uh, easier. Not easy, um, easier. Uh, in the NFL, how do you help a rookie quarterback when it comes to putting together a plan for the upcoming game? 
it depends on who he is and what the circumstances are. Uh, we don't view Kenny under those normal circumstances, to be quite honest with you. We're not working on a small menu and, and, and being as thoughtful as we were maybe when we were playing Duck Hodges. No. This guy is a quarterback. Um, he's varsity. He's capable of leading us and delivering. And so we're proceeding under really what you could describe as normal quarterback preparatory approaches and, and circumstances. So are there anything that, that's off the table because of where you're playing the game? Um, no. I mean, we, we're not giving venue any unique uh, considerations, obviously. We understand it's a difficult circumstance, but we're also one that is very familiar with it. It's probably the third year in a row that we're playing in Buffalo, New York, against this outfit, and so uh, it's somewhat routine for us. Does he have any experience? I mean, his college, uh, was he ever in any of these kinds of situations, atmospheres that you're going into where it's just going to be brutal every snap of the ball? I I just think that Kenny's the type of guy that's going to kind of make some of those discussions a non-discussion the more he plays, and so that's just the general attitude that I have and we have. What would you anticipate from Leslie Frazier, Buffalo's defensive coordinator? Uh, he might be cooking up to make Kenny Pickett's life difficult on Sunday as a rookie making his first start. I believe Leslie, and not only Leslie, but Sean McDermott, a fundamentalist. Um, they got a core group there that's been together for a number of years. Uh, they do what it is that they do, um, and, and, and I don't expect that to change. So there's not a book in the NFL. This is this is how you torture a rookie quarterback in this league. I, I think everybody likes to think there's a book, but the reality is people just go out there and play, and playing is difficult enough for most rookies. And so that's why it's always a topic of debate, records versus rookie quarterbacks for defenses and defensive coordinators, et cetera. The bottom line is most of the time when rookies are playing uh, is less than ideal circumstances. It's not because of what their capabilities are, but usually because of what's not being done around them. Um, and I just think that, Kenny's circumstance is a little bit different, and over time, uh, he'll prove that. The Buffalo defense is more than just Vaughn Miller. Uh, who else on that unit do you have to worry about today? Man, it's 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 a lot of guys. You know, you, when when I was talking about Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott, man, I was just talking about the continuity and the construction of that group. I know when they drafted Edmonds, for instance, they viewed him as a Luke Keekley type type guy. And when they partnered him with Milano, they viewed him as a Thomas Davis type guy because – McDermott cut his bones in this thing as a defensive coordinator in Carolina when they were putting that, putting together that group. That combination of Micah Hyde and Poirier and Johnson at nickel, that safety and nickel combination. Man, those guys have grown together over the last several years, man. They've got real good continuity. So you couple those interior defenders with those two linebackers, man, the insides, the guts of their defense, the core of their group, man, has been really solid. They've all grown and grown together. And so – As a collective, uh, they present some challenges because of that continuity, because of that understanding, because of that maturation that's happened with with a lot of those guys together. You couple some some defensive linemen, some high-level defensive linemen like Ed Oliver, who they've drafted and developed, and they've put together a group that's about four four to five years into development, and and that makes them dangerous um, as a collective. In previous years, I would ask you, going into a game like this, what do you need from your quarterback today? And you would say, we need Ben to be Ben. What do you need from Kenny Pickett today? We need Kenny to be Kenny. <laughs> and and the beautiful thing is – But you um, don't know what that is yet. He'll Kenny. write that story. And so um, I got to give him the latitude to be him. 
and to write that story and define what that means. Man, when you put somebody in position of leadership and they have the talent to do so, you got to give them latitude to be themselves. If it's going to be special, it has to be somewhat organic. And so um, I'll ride with that statement, and I'll ride with that statement for the sole purposes of giving him the latitude to define it with his play um, over the course of his career. And so uh, and it's, it's an exciting thing. Let's live it. Um, but along the way, um, understand that we don't grade on the curve, man. Victory is what we seek. Our business is winning. That's the Mike Tomlin Game Day Podcast. Subscribe and download new episodes every week and check out all of the other shows we have to offer on the Steelers Podcast Network that's available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.